White Cloud, feed to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud, bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone, Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud, the righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds, through the left circle, number nine closing in, he scores! It's an overtime winner, Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Things are going so good for the Vegas Golden Knights right now. It's the golden age. Second commercial came out last week. Little John, shots, 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 right? <laughs> shots, shots, yeah, shots. shots. <laughs> yeah, so he did this seminar. He was the guest uh, celebrity head coach and comes out and uh, talks about Nabber and talks to the new guy and puts on the big show. And what happens? The very next game, it ends up being a lot of shots. And Bruce Cassidy credits Little John for lots of shots. Because sometimes those type of lines, they get lots of shots, 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 shots. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't always go in, and they, they did at the end. That's an inside joke for Vegas people, by the way. <laughs> on that note, how much credit does Lil' John get for the 42 John, shots? Lil' John gets a lot of credit for this one tonight. We're going to give him the, uh, his, he's 1-0 in his career uh, with the shots, 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 because it certainly worked. How awesome is that, uh, coming from Bruce Cassidy <laughs> following the uh, the win over the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, it, it, you can't plan it like that. You'd like that it comes up, but then when the coach starts buying into the marketing department and it's shot, shot, shots uh, in the golden age, yeah. I had to play that for Darren Elliott the other day. He, he wasn't sure. <laughs> Elliott's cool sometimes because he, he's very nice. He makes me feel hip and, and in the scene. Uh, I love it. Yes, yes, that's the the case. Uh, Bruce Cassidy spoke today as the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, were back at it, uh, getting ready for a date against the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, tomorrow afternoon. Pre-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3 o'clock, and then the puck drops, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights wrapping up their season series. First team that uh, Vegas will wrap up the season series with uh, is tomorrow against Toronto, and this is going yeah. to be a very different Toronto team than uh, Vegas squared off with uh, a couple of weeks ago here at T-Mobile. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the uh, the Golden Knights take on Toronto for a second time in, in just about two weeks. Uh, the, the you know the second opportunity, the second go around that the Golden Knights had against the Winnipeg Jets, it was a very dominating performance. Um, and this is a Toronto Maple Leafs team that I think is starting to gain a little bit more confidence. Austin Matthews is starting to find the back of the net with the regularity that we would expect Austin Matthews to find the back of the net. Um, the only question is that uh, you know when when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got Matt Murray still on the shelf, and Ilya Samsonov was injured. So now you've got Eric Schalgren and another goalie, and that's what kind of the the Toronto Maple Leafs have going into this one. Uh, but if Schalgren's winning, you're going to run that as as long as you can until you get your goaltenders healthy and back. Well, Schalgren's been okay at home. His numbers are actually really good at home. Uh, he's uh, he's struggled more yeah. uh, on the road, and he's. I think they've had seven goalies in the last two years in Toronto because of injury or poor play. Schalgren's the only guy that's played the last 
two years uh, because they shipped everybody out uh, from uh, last year. So he's uh, he's the guy right now. Toronto was in a real low when they moved through Vegas, and then uh, obviously San Jose, they were not very good, and Anaheim. Uh, they've got their confidence back, and this will be a, a great test, uh, trying to make it eight wins in a row against a team that's got a bit of swagger going with them and won't feel good that all the attention is on Vegas, and they're supposed to be the team that's challenging for the President's Trophy. Yeah, I I think for Toronto it's just it's just about building blocks at this point, right? Like it, you're 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 a team that believes in yourself. You are a team that that wants to prove to the world that the the slow start was a slow start and there's nothing wrong moving forward and I think an opportunity to go out and and have a really strong game against the Golden Knights, a team that in their first meeting the Golden Knights were all over Toronto 3-1 and it wasn't particularly close. Um, I think you're going to get to Toronto's best effort tomorrow night. I think that this is a team that wants to prove something, and they want to do it by beating the, the, the best record in the league right now in the Vegas Golden Knights. I should have been, I should have been a lawyer because I think I would have been great in the courtroom and being able to, to weave a web and draw the witness in and, and make the accused uh, uh put them in right into a corner and there's no way out. So I'm going to do that with you right now. Statement game tomorrow night. Vegas against Toronto. Who's looking forward to this more? Who's it a bigger game for? Mm, I think it's a bigger game for Toronto than it is for Vegas. Right. I agree with you on that. It's a statement game to sh- for, for Toronto to show that they can play with Vegas after being controlled at T-Mobile at the Fortress a couple of weeks ago. And now Vegas is going for a season-high winning streak in the National Hockey League, eight games. Uh, they're tied right now seven with Boston. Uh, and you're playing the, the first-place team overall in the Golden Knights. This is a big, I don't know, uh, measuring stick game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, at the start of the year, mm-hmm. when you looked at this schedule, who would you have said this game was going to be a bigger game for, a measuring stick game? I would have said Vegas. Well, we, yeah, I mean, we said as much, right? In, in the first meeting, we we had the same discussion where, you know, we, we looked at it and said if it's a measuring stick for anybody, it's for the Vegas Golden Knights going up against one of the best teams in the league last year in the Toronto Maple Leafs. And for Toronto, it's the regular season. Who cares about the regular season? This team's going to the playoffs, and they're only going to be judged by what they do in the playoffs. Boy, it doesn't take long for the regular season to go from, who cares? <laughs> it's about whether we win a round or not, how far we go in the playoffs to... We better get our act together or else we're not going to be in the playoffs. And we better get things straightened around or we're going to have a different coach trying to get us back into the playoffs. That's what Toronto, the last part, that's what Toronto's navigated in the last week, Mm -hmm. week and a half. They've gone from taking their coach off the hot seat and put themselves back onto stable ground. Now, tomorrow, it's a question of is it for real? Were they like they beat Boston, they beat Philly, they beat Carolina, two of those three teams, pretty good teams. They they've this could have been disastrous for the Leafs. They've managed a way to get through it. Tomorrow's the the final uh, challenge in this gauntlet of games. 
Yeah, I mean, I think for the Toronto Maple Leafs, if they're able to beat both Boston and Vegas in in a three-game span, I feel like at least for a week or two, things will be calm in Toronto, and, and you'll start to, to just, you know, settle in and, and believe that this Toronto Maple Leafs team is good again. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a, a, a situation where this team is plagued by slow starts, but I feel like there it was a slow start last year it was, and then yep. they slept walked through the rest or the rest of the regular season. And maybe it's just that this team starts slow. They build and build and build and maybe that's what you know, that's just kind of who the Toronto Maple Leafs are. But I think having this early season disaster maybe puts a little bit more emphasis on the regular season. And I think you need to have emphasis on the regular season in order to not have the regular season pass you by and and you know find yourself in a, in a in a bad spot so i i think like i'm looking forward to tomorrow's game because i feel like like it's going to be more back and forth i feel like both teams are going to have pockets in the game where they're playing well and i want to see with both teams dialed in yeah which is the better team because you Vegas didn't get that Toronto. two weeks ago you, you Toronto is no, about no, going in the middle of their swoon, uh, and they've turned it around and now we'll see where they are uh, as they match up Matthews is scoring. Tavares is outstanding. Uh, we'll we'll see whether go, both teams have had. I mean, imagine Shalgren and Thompson if it is at the start of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that goaltending matchup that uh, would have caused a, a lot of uh, question marks. Now, Thompson's been outstanding. Shalgren can can he measure up? But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I I thought Toronto when they when they were five hundred was the best five hundred team in NHL history. Because there's just so much talent on their team, and 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 yet um, yeah. the podcast on the, on the chirp, we did a big like half an episode on Toronto being in peril because it was so bad. There was so much chatter out there about it, and I take credit, Kiprios and I, uh, we take credit for turning Toronto around because since we published that episode, oh. uh, Toronto hasn't lost, and uh, it just took that little bit extra pressure uh, on Kipper and I uh, to to challenge so- them and get in their face. So let me ask you this: If yeah. they win tomorrow, are you going to take the credit then too? Oh uh, no, I'm going to apologize to to Bruce Cassidy and, and company. Okay, as uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have two games left on this five game road trip, uh, they went through the practice today over at the Mastercard Center for Excellence in Toronto, uh, trying to get uh, dialed in for tomorrow night's big tilt against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they did something that that I haven't seen them work on. Uh, firsthand, but they did it today with uh, with John Stevens' uh, tutelage. Uh, they were, and this is a team that blocks twenty shots regularly every night uh, uh, in and around uh, the, their performances in the NHL, going to eleven and two. But they worked on shot blocking today. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of yeah, uh, it- a detail for Johnny and this PK. Uh, I think there's been areas that our structure can be better. I think this team's always been willing to block shots, so now you're building in the you know the the details we want and then where you're going to end up and then you don't want to do it with live pucks obviously so i think it's something johnny's done in the past and i think it's a good way to walk through it and uh, hopefully it pays off yeah you can get the uh the pucks that are not uh, uh hard vulcanized frozen rubber where you uh, where you can get down and get and know that you're not going to uh, be bruised and chapman's shaking his head just the thought of frozen vulcanized rubber yeah. Well, I I just watch like Alec Martinez and the thought of catching a puck at like 115 miles an hour in the leg or in the ankle or anywhere in your body 
Like, you have to be a special type of person to be willing to do that. I'm not that guy, but I'm glad Alec Martinez is because he, he he's not afraid to get in front of those those pucks. Well, he's lucky he didn't play in the late 70s, all right? Yeah, you want ready for a little story time? Because this, yeah. this is cool. You never think this. It's story time with Millard. So there's there is a point in the late 70s where, you know, the plexiglass, it was shattering all over the place. It was breaking into chunks. It was shattering into a million pieces. They they couldn't figure out why. Arenas across the NHL. Shots, boom. Practice, games, more in practice, but the odd game, it it was happening. Could not figure it out. They were doing all these tests on the glass. What's what's going on with this? Why is it shattering and breaking and it's getting expensive and it's a pain in the butt? It, it wasn't like today where they bring out a ladder and the arena guys go up there and boom, it's fixed after two seconds. It was like a 15-minute delay. Came mm-hmm. to the realization after a extensive investigation that the pucks they were using were being made out of recycled tires. All right? The rubber vulcanized pucks. The problem was the recycled tires that they were being made from had the metal in them. You know, you know, you know you've seen those tires, right? Yeah. 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 So that was coming through in different places and that was causing the glass to break. <laughs> So they had to change all the pucks. So somebody had cut a corner somewhere along the way, and it went from just the, right. the hard rubber pucks to recycled tires with the metal strippings in them, those those little fillings uh, inside the pucks. So imagine if you're a goalie or a shot blocker doing that, getting ripped up. Well, Well, it still blows me away that there was a time when goalies did not wear masks. Like what? Jacques, Jacques Plant was, was the first guy to, to wear the mask. November but, 1st, International Goalie Day. But it, it, blows, goal magazine. it blows me away that, that there was a time when that was a thing. I mean, where guys would not wear masks and guys would not but wear helmets. To, to be fair, and I, I don't want to be the guy to pour cold water Oh, you're going to be that guy. Oh, All right. No. But they didn't shoot oh. as hard. They didn't raise the puck as much. Now, I would watch... Uh, would you would, different different goaltenders take one when they're diving across uh, the net and and take one in the in the face? Yeah, that that, that hurt, and I I wouldn't want her to do it. But it it's not like in the seventies where they're ripping them, and and you so, didn't have so anything in the face. Is, what you're saying is you're a pretty boy what? and you didn't have the guts of a guy like no, no, Gump no, 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 Not a chance Chavin. would I do it's it. It's not. It's not like these goalies with, that played without masks, masks had Alex Ovechkin ripping slap shots at them. No, I, I get that, but but Darren's you're Darren's still taking, right here. Like I'm I'm with Darren. You're still taking a piece of hard rubber to but the face. But nobody could really nobody could really rip it up high like that. Lift the puck. Let me yeah. let me throw a puck at your face, and I guarantee but you, it's the still pucks weren't. Hurt. Go, but the pucks Chabin. weren't getting up there. Chabin. as much. they weren't I, getting to the face. I get you. I get you. But they were All still right. taking shots off the face. Maybe not as many. No. But they're still. If they get down on the ground, they're still taking a puck in the face. It's ice, not ground. You know what I meant. 
Sort of. Drew <laughs> uh, Cassidy talking about special teams today. Uh, better than they were. They're improving. Um, power play looks better. We're generating more looks. We're getting pucks back. We've kind of we moved some people around. I think they're getting more comfortable in their spots. I saw that against Montreal. I thought it was one of the crisper games. A penalty kill gave up one quick on the four on three, but other than that, before that, I think has been been finding its way. So um, they're better than they were at the start of the year. They're not where that we want them to be, but improving. Last eight games, they're above thirty percent in the power play, and that game against Montreal, I I wouldn't call Montreal the best penalty killers in the National Hockey League, but that game, that number one unit was on fire. That's the best power play game. From an execution standpoint, you didn't have to go five for five in that game. But from an execution standpoint, they were all over it, the first and the second unit. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I thought special teams was really good against the Canadians, and and it's been consistent, right? And and that's the thing. Like, it, you're not always going to have those those great power play shifts, but it, it, the Golden Knights are at a position right now where. Their power play isn't stealing momentum from them within a game, and it's contributing on a, on a fairly consistent basis. So, so those things are uh, box-checked, job done uh, so far for me when it comes to the Golden Knights and Bruce Cassidy. Just a note, at the end of this segment, I'm going to give away a couple of tickets to the San Jose game. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Don't call now, but I just want to give you the number now <laughs> so it's ready, so you can put it in your phone, about to press send. 702-876-1340. I'm going to give away a pair of tickets to the San Jose game at the end of this block. Uh, Bruce was asked about the goalie situation. One guy's undefeated. The other guy's in the Calder conversation. Here's the head coach. Uh, well, I never had them, right? So for me, it, I didn't know what I was missing, per se. Um, but I know their background, specifically Robin. He's had success in this league, like most number ones. He got there for a reason. Uh, so then you flip to, well, who's available? And it was Logan at the time who finished the year. And the guys had lots of confidence talking to them uh, that he, they felt he could be a guy that could challenge for number one minutes. Uh, he didn't have the resume to back that up uh, with games played, but his starts he did have were good. And he's shown that. Uh, we're not going to anoint him by any means, but we're going to try to give him that opportunity. And then uh, Hill gets brought in. Sean Burke knew him from Arizona, thought he could be a good compliment his style to how we play. He has been. Um, I think we've played well in front of our goaltenders. Our guys have bought into to playing good team defense, so that's helped both of them. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it, at first you're sort of like, wow, what are we going to do? But then once you sort through it and hear the reviews on, on Logan, they were pretty good. And even LB was going to be back. He's back playing. Uh, I think he's playing. Uh, he played on Saturday and will play again tomorrow. So he's been a good you know, a good goaltender in this league that hasn't quite broke through. So we knew we were going to get him back. It just wasn't going to be right away. Boy, is that honest. You go from, what do we got here, to, wow, these guys are amazing. And it's somewhere in the middle <laughs> that if if we're going to be uh, transparent, that's, that's the way the goaltenders have been. The system has been really goalie friendly, but the net miners have made the saves for the wins. Uh, let's go back to the head coach. Yeah, but I think even if Robin was here, we would have really stressed that. Uh, you just have an extra layer of protection that you know has accomplished it in the league where Logan has it, and now he is. So uh, the systems are always going to be important to be a good defensive team. I think, you know, we carried that from Boston over to here, how we're going to play, and that's just part of the fabric of our, our team and how I like to coach, and it's worked out so far. Certainly has. As Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow, 
Three o'clock pregame show on Fox Sports, Las Vegas, and four o'clock uh, the faceoff. Two more games on this season high equaling five game trip. They got one later on in the season, but three and zero to start. Looking for an eighth straight win and a statement game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think still believe it means more for Toronto trying to get themselves back into an area where they believe that they are with the way that the fans there expect them to be. This is a high-flying team but hasn't won a playoff round, but they, they think that the, the regular season should be easy. Uh, Vegas, chance to win eight in a row. And, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Let's get our game rating coming off the a big win over the Montreal Canadiens. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Ah, uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Stay with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. The DeLorean, that is a 5 out of 5. We are using discontinued cars as our rating for this year. The AMC Gremlin Pacer is a 1 out of 5. Station Wagon's a 2 out of 5. Did we have some fun on Friday? Still getting comments about that station wagon that I saw uh, over on Flamingo. Uh, The Hummer is a 3 out of 5. Something cool, but you probably wouldn't drive it around all day long. Trans Am is a 4 out of 5, and the DeLorean is the top of the mountain. Chapman, what say you? I go Trans Am, 4 out of 5. I thought they played better than they did in Ottawa, where, where I gave it a 3. Uh, I'm going to go 4 out of 5. I thought Saturday night in Montreal, as you mentioned, that, that's a good time for everybody. They played a good game, and they, they walked away with two points. Wallace? Yeah, it's Trans Am, 4 out of 5. It was entertaining. I was thoroughly entertained. I really enjoyed that game. There were a lot of uh, pockets that, that I thought the Golden Knights played particularly well in. The second period was phenomenal. Um not a lot to dislike in that game. I know Montreal scored some goals, but it didn't really ever feel for me like it was in doubt for the Golden Knights, and those are some of the best wins. Um, so four out of five, Trans Am, that's me. No-brainer, DeLorean. It, just even being able to stick up for yourself. The fact that Alex Petrangelo got up off the canvas after having his head drilled into the top of the dashboard and threw a couple of punches at Josh Anderson, that was cool in itself like wow we're right in this thing and we're we're healthy getting out of it without any injuries was at the minimum a hummer then you had the power play control of the game like they did there you go with a trans am and you throw a season high six goals on the board push back against a young team and when you're seventh straight delorean you guys are scrooges yep not sure what it will take to get back to the DeLorean <laughs> side of things, but you guys, you guys have a beef, 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 big beef with handing out strong compliments. Hey, Hoser. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, a five out of five is, is certainly something that's special. And, you know, the DeLorean is a very, very special car, and you've got to take me into the future and back to the future, and, you know, you you got you to gotta entertain me. There's got to be lightning and, and all that stuff. So, um, no. I thought there I, was that it's night. It's a great game for the Golden Knights. Yeah, to to a degree, but I'm not go, I'm not just handing out five out of five every night, Darren. I'm not, I'm not you. Doesn't have Can't to do be. It. Doesn't have to get old. If they're great and they deserve it, you give it. A five out of five. We've got uh, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League as we continue. But let's give away a pair of tickets to the San Jose game coming up at the Fortress. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. 
Caller number seven in honor of seven wins in a row. Maybe I'll make it five next time because I gave it a five out of five. But it's caller number seven to 702-876-1340. We'll be back with one-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. A couple of suspensions to tell you about from the weekend. One, Mafalan Josh Anderson for his hit on Alex Petrangelo in the third period of that VGK win over the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday night. Two-game suspension for Josh Anderson. Did you think it was going to be more? Did you think it was going to be less? Uh, no, I think two is is probably right about what I was expecting. Um, I, I think, obviously, it, it helps that Petrangelo wasn't injured on the play, but uh, still a really dangerous hit from Josh Anderson. Um, and, and I think two games is about right. So they have this new um, player safety uh with the equipment in the National Hockey League. Uh, remember, it was uh, Zidane Chara hitting Max Pacioretty in the boards in Montreal, too. Funny, the same place. Uh, but they changed the glass in and around the timekeeper's bench and the, the, the end of the boards to be rounded so you didn't go in there and just, boom, sudden stop. There was a bit of a, a, a leeway in that uh, gradual curve of the glass. That helps out uh, for the players. On top of the boards, there's what they call it a soft cap. So the top of the boards isn't the hard, hard, hard plastic the boards are made of. There's a little bit of give, almost like a foam uh, on that. It still hurts like heck if you drive your face into it, like Petrangelo had done. But it saves injuries, and it can make the difference between uh, a hit and a concussion or a really bad cut. And and I think that that deserves some some credit in what they've done on the player safety department uh, side of things with equipment in the National Hockey League that helped Alex Petrangelo get out of that with minimal discomfort compared to what it could have been because that looked so ugly. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I I wasn't expecting. Alex Petrangelo to be one of the first guys on Josh Anderson after taking that hit, and yet here here we are, and, and that was great to see. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're you're right on the money there. You, you, there are other ways, but beyond just suspensions and fines, to impact player safety, um, and the measures that you just you just laid out are, are proof of that. That was one of the weirdest uh, uh, fallouts from a hit where. Anderson gets the deserved five-minute major. He's gone. There's not no more you can do with that. He's gone. Yeah. But you also had Alec Martinez coming in and Alex Petrangelo jumping up and and throwing punches. Those guys they they got to be penalized. You just don't get free free shots. So it ends up being Vegas short a person because the two penalties put them down to three, and the one penalty for Montreal makes the four. So it's a four on three. For a couple of minutes, that it was strange to to watch yeah. that unfold. One of the quirks in uh, in hockey. Yeah, it was it was fun to obviously try my best to explain how that entire sequence unfolded. But you know, when you when you factor in, it's a five minute major, and it was just the one penalty on the board for the Washington Capitals, and then the two minors in a row for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
it makes sense, but uh, yeah, just a weird, weird quirk. And yet, you had three goals essentially come from yeah. that entire scrum. It was obviously the Montreal goal on the four on three, the Golden Knights goal on their power play portion of it, and then Slavkovsky out of the penalty box and scoring a goal. It it it, pre, it, it created a lot of excitement within the game, um, and and you know again, it, you'll take that as long as. Uh, Alex Petrangelo is okay and didn't get hurt, and he, he wasn't hurt on that play, so that's good. There was a second suspension in the weekend. Matthew Kachuk uh, banished for a pair for high-sticking, slashing Jonathan Quick. It, it was a weird one. Quick made a save. Kachuk was swinging at the puck, uh, caught him in the mask, and down went Quick. Uh, I actually didn't think it was as bad. Not Nowhere near as bad as the Anderson Petrangelo hit. Uh, I was somewhat surprised that he got two games out of it. Yeah, I I think that the the idea that Matthew Kachuk was intentionally trying to get his stick into the eyelet of uh, Jonathan Quick's mask yeah. it, it is really where you you fall on the two game suspension. Um, Matthew Kachuk doesn't like the Los Angeles Kings. It, it's been it's been documented. Over the course of his career, certainly with Calgary, they have had some real, real testy moments um, with with everyone, essentially on the LA Kings, Drew Doughty specifically, uh, and Matthew Kachuk. So uh, not surprising that it, Matthew Kachuk's first suspension as a member of the Florida Panthers comes in a game against the Los Angeles Kings. Boston Bruins really, really doing their best to uh, make things right after signing... Um, uh, a player that uh, that was found guilty of bullying uh, a classmate when he was younger, and uh, then uh, had uh, was drafted in the National Hockey League, and that pick was uh, was uh, recused by the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, Mitchell Miller was then a free agent. He's playing in the uh, in the minor leagues uh, last couple of years uh, in, in a junior league. Signed with, and he's a, he's a talent. I'm I'm not going to say he's not a talent, but he comes with a lot of baggage, and there's the insinuation that he hasn't necessarily owned up to the bullying. And uh, he, he was as a juvenile, he was found guilty. So the Bruins signed him to a contract, entry level contract, uh, over the course of the weekend, and immediately blows up on them. And Gary Bettman says, like he, he's not eligible to play. Mitchell Miller, I don't. Doesn't matter what Boston wants; he's not eligible to play. We gotta, we gotta do our due diligence on this, and et cetera, et cetera. Ends up Boston goes back and nullifies the contract, and and this is from Bruins president Cam Neely. I'm extremely upset that we have made a lot of people unhappy with our decision. I take pride in the Bruins organization and what we stand for, and we failed there, and. That went right through the organization. Uh, I'm told the Bruins players themselves, uh, were, were, like behind closed doors, there was some stuff said publicly that was strong, but behind closed doors, it was pretty vehement that they were not on board with the Bruins organization signing this particular player, who again hasn't done enough, as a lot of people, uh, a lot of people believe, in making things right uh, coming off the uh, the legal situation. Yeah, I mean he he hasn't he hasn't actually apologized to his victim. Like there's there's a very basic thing that you need to do, and he, he will not do that. It, it's it's a player that I think was just hoping that 
the bare minimum would get him to where he wants to be, and that's in the NHL. But the fact of the matter is, you have to put in the work. You have to have your receipts if you are trying to prove that you are changed and that what you did was a mistake, but it wasn't a one-time thing. It was years of abuse. And the, the biggest issue that I have is that I don't even understand why you make this deal in the first place. I don't even understand why you you go down this road. It, it, is, it is a remarkable 48 hours for the Boston Bruins, for sure. Uh, but it's it's uh, another one of those situations where for the victim, it 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 lives beyond just what the traumas were done to them as as a kid, and, and that's unfortunate, and that sucks, and that's the thing that we should really keep in, in focus here, and and not whether or not this is un- unfortunate for Mitchell Miller. Well, I, I I'm also the belief you shouldn't be judged for what you did as a grade eight student. Like there's a there's a part of our society that should allow for rehabilitation. It's very strict. This this isn't a mistake. No, no. What he did wasn't a mistake. Let me finish. You should be allowed the opportunity for rehabilitation. What you did as a child or as a uh, teenager should not stick with you your entire life. A lot of people have done very bad things. They've owned up to it. They've uh, rehabilitated themselves, and they get to be back part of society it doesn't sound like that uh ownership has taken place here that will have to occur before mitchell miller becomes part of the national hockey league and it's it's going to have to happen probably five six times over compared to what it would have uh two years ago or even this past weekend uh, because of the attention that his uh, has received a st louis blues are a team that is off to a terribly disappointing start. It doesn't sound like there's any plans to make a change with the head coach, which I'm glad about that. I think there's a big deal coming there. Is this finally what forces the St. Louis Blues to pull the trigger on a Vladimir Tarasenko trade? Remember he asked for the trade? Then he he fell back into favor with the organization or the organization fell back in favor with him uh won a stanley cup like uh, and and he's and he's been there throughout now is is this what causes that situation to finally develop because we kind of been sort of waiting for that to eventually happen i don't know whether vladimir's ever said i want to spend the rest of my career here uh i'm fine with this Um, I mean, it's certainly possible. I, I don't know that anything's changed, right? Like Vladimir Tarasenko's a pro. He's going to show up. He's under contract. He's going to do what he needs to do. But, he's been amazing um, at that. And he's been really good at it for sure. Now, uh, do you trade Vladimir T- Tarasenko and get better? That That's something you're going to have to sell me on. Or do you trade Vladimir Tarasenko for shock value? And if it doesn't work, then you might have to you might have to rip it apart and do a minor rebuild. Because but the year they won the cup, Dougie Armstrong was tearing it down, and they found yeah. lightning in a bottle and they won. But he was in the midst of ripping that thing down. So does he? Does, yeah, I, is this the part where you make the big splash, the trade, and if it doesn't work, then that group uh, that's the end of the line for that group. 
Yeah, I, I think that if you make the Vladimir Tarasenko trade, I don't think you're doing it for shock value. I think you're doing it to set yourself up for success in the years to come. So I, I think that that's a signal that um, maybe the belief in this group to to go and win a Stanley Cup isn't where it needs to be and that you're looking toward the future. I, I like I don't think that you do that just for shock value here. I just I, I don't I don't see that as as an option. I wonder if they made the wrong choice letting David Perron go. You think? Well, he's, uh, he's played well. I can understand why guy. they. I understand why they didn't do it. Money, like it does, come down to cash in a salary cap world, and you got to make really, really hard decisions. We've seen that here. You got to, you got to mm-hmm. take the emotion out of it at times. But Braun's played well in Detroit. I watch a lot of Red Wing games, well, and uh, and he's he's been really effective. Hold on, hold on. Chapman, yes. before you say say anything, it's uh, Vladimir Vladimir Tarasenko for David Perron, <laughs> one for one. <laughs> no. uh, now, now, how bad has Jordan Cairo been for them too? Well, Perron, Perron, uh, uh, I don't think he would go back there because he's got such. A, it's not a chip on his shoulder. He's missing the whole blade yeah. on 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 that yeah. shoulder. He's so sour with the with how it went down. Yeah, well. You got young kids, right, Cairo? Yeah, yeah he's, the, he's minus 15. Yeah, it, it hasn't been pretty there. No, no. They've written the wrong goalie. I, I don't think goaltending's been terrible, but I think well, it, it, what happens Bennington, first here? What happens first? Tarasenko's traded mm-hmm. or Bennington fights? Oh, I thought we were oh, going to get it the other night. I did, too. Oh, I thought, I thought we were going to get it the other night, too. No, stop it. When he challenged stop the bench, it, you when he skated stop. by the bench, stop. he, he uh, the yeah. Islanders Oh, my God, yeah. stop. <laughs> so Ryan, what happens you guys, first? You guys are ridiculous. Ryan's going to say he's a fake Vladimir Tarasenko gets traded. <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko gets traded before Jordan Biddington gets into a fight because let me let you in on a little secret here. Jordan Biddington's not going to fight anybody. He's going to be held back by the referees because he wants to fight so badly, but when it actually comes to be a thing that's going to happen, he's not going to be anywhere near it. He's an internet tough guy. It's no, ridiculous. That, no, that's me. If, if, that's me. if you've Jordan got, you've got Biddington me wanted Jordan. to fight somebody... <laughs> no, no, stop it. If Jordan Biddington wanted to fight somebody, it would have already happened. I think he's scrapping, boys. I, I want to see I think happen. he's scrapping. Oh, come on. Maybe, get maybe, out of hey, here you know with what? that. Maybe on the uh, 12th of November we'll get to see Ooh, it. Would that be a go? Oh, him and Logan? Oh. Oh. And then to be able to look over, you and I, <laughs> yes. I'm in section 117. <laughs> you're in the press box. The propping and, and, up and, and, of Jordan. And, and I'm standing Ryan, up and I'm pointing at you. <laughs> Ryan Wallace is over in section 104, and, and Chapman and I are both Sending him like big smiles, like Air we were fives. right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we were right. Yeah, let me. Let, yeah, it's gonna be great. He's gonna come together with a goalie. Then he's gonna look around for the closest referee and just be like, oh, "Hold it's, me back, hold I, me back." I'm, oh goodness I, gracious! I think it happens. Why? Why you prop up Jordan Bennington? I I'll never understand it. It's gonna happen. Uh, we got another set of tickets to the Tuesday game against the San Jose Sharks a week from tomorrow. It's Monday, right? Yeah, I have trouble with days in the middle of the season. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we have two tickets, a secondary pair. I just found them uh, underneath the papers at my desk, and I want to give them away right now. 702-876-1340. Caller number five, because that's what we're dealing with. 
Uh, the drive for five is alive right now as the Vegas Golden Knights uh, making it happen against the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, tomorrow night, and it is uh, it's it's flying high. And I hope they keep it going, and that uh, winning streak is uh, fully in place next Tuesday. Be caller number five to seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. We'll be back with catching up with Chapman right after this. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So were you a fan of the Atlanta Thrashers when they were around about 15, 20 years ago? Fan? Well, I don't know if fan is the right word, but... Went to an all-star game there. Okay. That was uh, cool. I guess that, that's that's close enough. I like, I like the way they had the words like down the sleeve of the sweater it was different it was and, and that arena is one of the coolest rinks to ever go to it's all one side the stands go way up one side and they're lower on the other and it's basically all suites on one side and stands on the other oh that's cool yeah. now I'll ask you that because oh i thought we were just talking about old. no teams. no no on december 16th the echl's atlanta gladiators they are the minor league affiliate of the arizona coyotes they are going to take on the persona of the Thrashers when they take on the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. They're moving? Well, the Atlanta Gladiators are playing the, the Greenville. The, what, the persona, what do you mean? They're well, they're, they're going to wear the old Thrashers oh, uniforms. I thought maybe they were going to move. Yeah, so they're going to wear oh, limited boy. edition uh, jerseys that will be auctioned off after the game. They're going to have rally towels given to every fan in attendance, also Thrashers t-shirts and pucks. For sale, but the best part is Thrash, the former mascot who was arrested, by the way, for stealing a Zamboni back in 2010. He will Not also really arrested. Well, come was, on, play was, along. Okay, yeah, part of a bit. Okay, sorry, kind of like this, part of a bit. But he was arrested for for stealing a Zamboni uh, to try to sell tickets. Ironically, the team's last season before they moved to Winnipeg. But he will make an appearance at the game. Some really cool names in the ECHL. The Swamp Rabbits, the Ghost Pirates. That's Savannah. That's our team. No, no, no. Greenville Swamp Rabbits, not the not Savannah. Savannah. Savannah Ghost yeah, Pirates. Ghost yeah. Pirates. Yeah, but we're Greenville. Saying, we're saying the same goodness. thing. Yes, I know. <laughs> but there's just some cool names there. I mean, I I, I want to. You see know why the it's swamp, the Ghost Pirates? Because there's a pirate. Isn't there a story no, with no, a pirate no, no, ship? No, no, no. Yeah, well, there yeah, is. There Blackbeard. Is. There, there, the pirate. I don't know, no, no, no. But I'm going to tell you. Okay. You're, you're wrong. Two of the best entries, the most popular entries. Ghosts and pirates. You were you in that ghost they, thing? No, no, no. They couldn't decide <laughs> between ghosts and pirates. I, I think so it has more it to together. do with Blackbeard. No, no. On, on nighttime <laughs> at noon, I had their president on, their owner on. Really? That's he what he said? He told me that. I think he was being very diplomatic. He was not. <laughs> no, Chapman, Chapman, Chapman. Yes. I, this is painful to listen to, buddy. <laughs> what do you mean? We're owning it right now, you're, Chapman. You're try, He's not part of trying, it, so he feels left out, I think. No, you're, it's not that. Chapman, listen to Darren. Darren's telling you the truth. Okay. Well, it's, I, it, he's, it's not leading you in, a, in, in, a, in, the, in the wrong direction. The Pirates thing, the though, comes about because Blackbeard. Yes, yes. yes I, know okay. that. I, know, right. I know that. And well, there's a lot of ghosts wrong. out there. Ghosts, But they yeah. couldn't decide between ghosts and pirates. They you put and, them together. those ghosts. That is really cool. Exercise the ghosts on Saturday night. Take them for a walk? I guess, yeah. You Why want not? me to take him exercise? Sure. Him? No, exercise the, the ghost, yeah. <laughs> Three o'clock tomorrow, pregame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Toronto, Vegas. Golden Knights have never won there. 
Get off the schneid tomorrow.